There are two words that can either make or break your day. I guess it all just depends on whose mouth the phrase comes out of. They can brighten your day and send you off on a high of excitement, or they can overwhelm you with dread and gloom. The two words are, you're invited. Maybe that's technically three words, depending on how you look at it. But every one of us at some point has had to deal with the fear of missing out. Your friends go on an awesome, adventurous trip, and you're left at home with nothing to do. Maybe there's a party you'd like to attend, but nobody's asked you to come. Maybe the school dance is all anyone's talking about, but you have nobody to go with. An invitation can change your life, actually in more ways than one, because if the wrong person is the one doing the inviting, you're put in a difficult situation. You end up having to let somebody down. You know, life is it's full of invitations, and the Bible has a lot to say about that subject. So why don't we take a look together? My name is Hagen Lee, and this is episode 35 of the Born Again Podcast. Let's call it, You're Invited. All throughout the pages of scripture, We read of moments when people were given great opportunities and were extended great invitations. Who doesn't love to be invited to something great? When you're offered the chance to do something you've always wanted to do or something you're really passionate about, you don't even have to ask any questions. You just blindly say yes and figure out the details later. You don't even check the calendar to see if you're scheduled for work that day because you'll do whatever it takes to have that day off. Or if need be, you'll find a new job if you have to. You'll throw all your other plans out the window. You reschedule the dentist appointment. Because who really wants to go there anyways, right? They're just teeth. Who really needs them? But when one of those no-brainer opportunities comes your way, suddenly the plans you had to attend your fourth cousin's ex-wife's stepson's best friend's birthday party just doesn't seem quite as exciting. The day you had planned to lay around the house eat candy bars and potato chips while watching your favorite TV show is suddenly replaced with something even better. When you get the invite to go to a place that you've always wanted to visit or to see something you've waited your entire life to see, you don't need time to think about it. You don't need to pray. You don't need to fast. You don't need to read the entire New Testament in order to get the answer. You make that invitation the greatest priority of your life and everything else goes to the back burner. Several years ago, I was invited to go on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic with all expenses paid. Trust me when I tell you, the only question I needed to ask was what time do I need to be at the airport? That was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I got to see some of the most undesirable living conditions I've ever seen. Yet even in those rough places, the people love God with an intensity that I'll forever covet. I got to see the most beautiful blue ocean water in the world, and I experienced some of the most pure and powerful moments in God's presence that I've ever witnessed. To a young preacher, it was the invitation of a lifetime. Maybe you've had invitations that you'll always look back on as defining moments in your life, 
Maybe you haven't yet. Or maybe you have, but you just didn't realize it at the time. At some point in each of our lives, we're all given opportunities that are tailor-made for us by the hand of God. On the other hand, we've all been invited to do certain things with certain people, and in that very moment, we had to focus with all our energy, channel our thoughts, and come up with something else, anything else. We had to do that day instead. Oh, I'd, I'd love to go with you and visit your loud, obnoxious, and psychotic great aunt and eat a delicious potluck dinner with her and her 15 cats. But oh no, I, I just remembered. I'm scheduled for a root canal that day, and I've really been looking forward to having that done. Maybe we could get together some other time. Don't, don't act like you've never done that. The simple truth is, we make time for the things we really care about. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what about when God sends you an invitation? Are you quick to respond with a yes? Or are you always scrambling for an excuse to be absent? Are you willing to do whatever he asks? Are you always looking for a way out? You know, when you think about it and take a look into the pages of Scripture, invitations are absolutely everywhere. God invited Father Abraham on a journey to discover a new land of great promise. Noah and his family were invited into the ark to find salvation from the coming flood. Moses was invited up to the top of Mount Sinai to bask in God's glory and receive great revelation. The young Elisha was invited to tag along with the great prophet Elijah in order to become his assistant and his partner in prophetic ministry. Pharaoh invited Joseph to the palace to interpret his detailed yet confusing dreams. David was only a young shepherd boy when he was invited to clothe himself with King Saul's armor in order to defeat the giant who had thousands of Israelite soldiers shaking in their boots. What King Saul didn't know was that David wouldn't be needing his armor that day. It was God who had invited him to the battlefield. Coming into the New Testament, Jesus invited Peter and Andrew to get off their boat, lay down their nets, and fish for men. He invited Matthew to leave behind the life he had built as a tax collector to come and follow him. He invited an unwilling, rich young ruler to sell his goods and give to the poor. He invited an outcast lady at a well in Samaria to worship in spirit and truth. And that lady left her water pot at the well, went back to her city, and turned that place upside down with her story about an encounter with a man named Jesus. He invited Judas to be a friend when he had already proven himself to be a betrayer. He invited Thomas the doubter to come and see the nail scars in his hand and the piercing of his side. He invited Lazarus to come forth out of the grave after having passed away four days earlier. He invited thousands of hungry stomachs to take a seat in the grass, and he invited a young boy to come and share a small meal with all of them. He invited a paralyzed man to take up his mat and walk for the first time in 38 years. I could keep going, but I think by now you get the picture. Jesus is all about invitations, and each and every day he's inviting you and me on a journey with him. I want to bring your attention to three different invitations that I've seen in God's word that I believe will encourage you today. 
the first one, Jesus said, Come unto me and find rest. What an invitation. Matthew 11 and verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I believe Jesus wants you to know today that if you're weary, if you're tired, you're worn down, you're carrying heavy weights, heavy burdens, he's offering you a chance to come and lay that down. Come and take rest. Come and sit down at his feet for a little while. Just take a break and learn more about him. The world's not going to stop turning just because you need a break, just because you need to be refilled. It's okay to say no to some things sometimes. Because if you're empty, you can't be productive. You can't be helpful to anybody else because you have nothing to give. So it's okay to sit down and take some rest and lay down your heavy burdens. The second invitation is to take up your cross and follow me. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Friends, don't you know that your way just doesn't work? You've tried time and time again to do whatever's right in your own eyes, and it never works out. You'll never be able to prosper if you're trying to do things your own way. But if you'll humble yourself and say, God, I admit, I recognize today that I can't do this on my own. I don't have all the answers. I've got to have your help. Your way is better than my way. God said in the book of Isaiah that my thoughts are so far above your thoughts and my ways are so much higher than your ways. Don't think you've got to have it all figured out. If you want to be his follower, you've got to give up your own way. And you've also got to take up your own cross. You know, the cross is a bloody place. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place of deep commitment. And sometimes you're going to have to go through pain. Sometimes you're going to have to give some things up. But if you're willing to do that, Jesus said, you'll save your life. What's it going to benefit you if you gain all these things in the world, but you lose your own soul? Nothing is more important than your soul. The third invitation is to abide in me and I will abide in you. In John chapter 15, verse number four, Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers away. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want 
and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. So remain in my love. More than anything in this world, Jesus wants you to be a part of his kingdom. And he wants you to remain in him, remain in his ways, remain in his word, regardless of the circumstances you face, just like a branch is connected to a vine. And he wants his spirit to be inside of you, to give you power to become a witness, to give you power to overcome sin, and ultimately, so that you'll be saved. Friends, God is so good to us, and he's extending us grace today. He's offering a better way of life. He's offering salvation for your soul, freedom from your sin, forgiveness for your past, and hope for your tomorrow. He's inviting you to live the life that you were created to live. And I believe the Lord would say to you today, I'm inviting you to come to me and find rest, to forsake your own way, to take up your cross, and to follow me. You've got nothing but heartache and regret to lose anyways. And then come and abide in me. Live in my kingdom. Live by my words. And open up your heart. And let my spirit in. Friends, the offer is on the table today. Jesus is calling out to you. And he's inviting you. To walk with him in freedom to walk with Him in forgiveness, to walk with Him in the newness of life, to come and find rest, to forsake your own way, to abide in Him, and to allow His Spirit to abide in you. Thank you so much for listening. It's my prayer that you'll take these words and that you'll do something with them. God bless you all in Jesus' name.